Blog Talk Radio. Sorry. <laughs> um, in addition, she authored the book 
I Shook Up the World, The Incredible Life of Muhammad Ali, children's book, and she's the spokesperson for Team Parkinson. And Parkinson's, Parkinson's disease. Now, I'm going to play a, a clip from um, uh, Muhammad Ali's 50th anniversary. That's when May May first made her debut, talking about her father. And here we go. Run, my young man, run, my son. It can't possibly be beat. 
providing a very specific program model for those youth to try to prevent them not only from joining but just um, being directed towards any criminal activity as a juvenile. So what I'm doing right now is raising funds to do this three-year project privately funded because I don't want interruption from city, state, federal authorities because a lot of the contracts that city, state, and federal draw up are contracts that are written by folk who have never done the work. So maybe 75, 50, 65% are good stuff, and then 30, 25% is stuff we don't need to do. Um, so that, that's, that's what I'm doing right now. I've worked under all kind of auspices and all kind of, you know, one-on-one -on -one with youth and families and monitoring these agencies. And so what I'm doing now right now is raising money. Now, the program will be in Los Angeles. However, after the three-year um, mark and we, we evaluate it, my goal is to be able to train and share some best practices um, throughout the country. Um, so I, I can actually train now, but I really want to do this three-year project. So that's really – so to see what I'm doing, um, I have a website. It's D is in Dolores, M-T-L, D-M-T-L-Family.org. D is in Dolores, right. M is in Marcel, T is in Tom, or actually Tyree, and L is in Larry. And D-M-T-L stands for a group of people. Three of them, three of the group were, were, you know, murdered in Gary, Indiana. Tyree, the T, is my business partner. His mother and two brothers were murdered in Gary, and he formed this nonprofit in 2004. And then when we met each other working at the mayor's office in the gang department, we joined forces to recreate this to be a gang prevention program. So that's why we kept DMTL. So if you go to dmtlfamily.org, you can see what the program is, what we're trying to do. And um, not only just get the word out about that, but just really I like to do these kind of shows just to have discussion and talk about this issue from the standpoint of research and really trying to find how to make these community programs all over the country better than what they are. Some of them are really great, and they're doing great work. A lot of them are doing great work. But we always can up the ante on doing the best we can do at the, at the agencies that we have existing right now. So that's what it's about. Okay. And we definitely appreciate that. Um, let me ask you, May May, do you like to be called May May or Miriam? May May, you... Miriam, I, I, those are the only two names you can call me. You you pick one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say 75% of the time I act more like a May May because I'm really – fun and youthful and, uh, you know, oh. I, I love to laugh. I may may more than than anything, but I give people a choice. It doesn't matter. You're the greatest number two, right? <laughs> ah, that's funny. <laughs> so, let me, so when you wrote the book as an author um, about your dad, the greatest, we love him, and um, hope he's doing well, I shook up the world, the incredible life of Muhammad Ali, was that for a lot of the, the teens that you work with? No, I actually wrote that book while in college getting my degree in social work, and okay. I wasn't working with really, I wasn't working in the gang prevention field at that point. Um, I wrote that book because there's so many books about him that are good, but I never saw a children's book that really portrayed the essence of who he was 
and told his story in a really fun, creative way. So I, I wanted to, you know, pin that book to be able to, you know, help keep his legacy alive. And I think he's such a good role model for young people that, yeah. you know, the more that's documented, um, the better to keep his the, his history going. So that was a book that was a labor of love. And I really, I was working with little kids at the time at an after-school program um, in Las Vegas while I was attending school. Mm-hmm. And I took this, and I was trying to come up with an angle on how to make it different. And I took this little boy to see a documentary about my dad that won the Oscar called When We Are Kings, When We Were Kings. And oh, the little yeah. boy heard the little boy heard a poem my father recited in the in the um, movie, and that poem was he was describing how he would train for his fight in Africa, and the poem was really like hilarious. And the boy took the poem literally, and the poem was my dad says for Africa I have a special training regiment. I'm going to wrestle with an alligator, tussle with a whale, handcuff oh, lightning, yeah. and put thunder in jail, injure a stone, hospitalize a brick. I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. I could run through a hurricane and don't get wet. When Foreman meets me, he'll pay his debt. And the little boy said, Miss Ali, well, he called me Miss May May. He goes, Miss May May, you can't wrestle with an alligator? And I said, oh, my God, that's, that's the idea for the book. I'll tell the story, but the fun make-believe pages will be the poems, and the poems will be animated. So when you see that poem, you see my dad wrestling with an alligator, tussling with a whale, so it brings the fantasy yeah. piece of the book. Because it's hard to write a historical piece about a historical figure and make it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, how can I make this children's book come to life? And that's what I did. Some of the poems, I animated the poems. Or I had my, my illustrator, you know, kind of animate the poems. So, yeah, illustrate the poems, I mean. So, yeah, that, that, that too is just a labor of love. Okay, and and I know that's gonna, I know that's fun, because I saw when we were kings, and it was one of the most interesting documentaries that I had seen. I'd seen so mm-hmm. many on um, your dad, and that was very interesting. So I remember I that poem, and it was the little rap poem, and you know kids can, can relate to that. Yeah. So how did May? How did you get the name May May? <laughs> uh well, you know, most black people have nicknames as children. <laughs> um, but it's, it's between my aunt and my mother, and I tend to believe my aunt's story a little bit more. She's nine years older than me, and she said when she was babysitting me, she just did not pronounce Miriam very well. So she just okay. started calling me May May. My mother said I was crawling on the table as a baby, and she couldn't get out Miriam, and May May came out. I, I tend to believe my, I tend to believe my, my aunt. I think she gave me the name in Chicago when, where I was raised. But I, I, I had it at a very, I had it before two years old I had that name. Yeah, and it just kind of stuck, huh? Yeah. All right. So how is, uh, you're also very active as I was introducing, when um, introducing you, you're very active as a spokesperson in Parkinson's. And that's definitely a needed cause. So between um, working in the um, all, the regional office. Are you you're still working there, right? As you were explaining to, I, I resigned from the mayor's office. I don't work for the mayor's office anymore. I resigned last July first. It was okay, called yeah. the mayor's office of gang reduction and youth development. Um, and I've been embarking on my own organization and developing it and raising funds for it. Um, so that's that's I resigned because I was ready to do my own thing. Um, right. So the Parkinson's, um, I, I work with an organization called Teen Parkinson's, 
who who's run by the Parkinson Alliance, and of course, everyone knows my father has Parkinson's disease. He's mm-hmm. had it for over thirty years. So you know, I just I do a couple events for them um, every year. It's not a full time job or anything like that. It's a a couple events. One in New York called the Unity Walk, and uh, you can go to okay. UnityWalk.org to find information about that. It's the largest grassroots um, event for Parkinson's research and. Michael J. Fox Foundation is there, the National Parkinson's Foundation, all the major Parkinson's foundations get together as a group, and they have a great resource there with people in Parkinson's in Central Park in New York, and it's a 1.4-mile easy walk, and we raise money. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, have, so it's every April, it's usually the last Saturday in April every year in New York, so I do that. Sometimes I'll throw fun comedy shows out here in L.A. at the Comedy Store to raise money for Parkinson's research. And, I, and I'll participate in the L.A. Marathon to raise money out here in L.A. And I'm, I'm going to the San Francisco Marathon where Team Parkinson is the um, official charity of both the L.A. Marathon. So I do like maybe three or four things a year with that, and they're a great group of people. And, of course, I've seen my dad deal with Parkinson's for many years and, you know, just trying to help raise awareness um, to people who have it to, to, to communicate ways that they can improve their quality of life with Parkinson's, um, connect them with the right doctors, and also raise money for research. So that's a piece of my life. All right. And we all, I also want to let you know that you're on April D. Berry's Presents with May May Ali. The number to call in is 949-477-2320. Now, May May, at the end I'm going to um, give the website, is it DMTL? Family? Yeah, D yeah DMTLfamily.org is an organization that is not running. We're raising money for it. So the purpose of this website oh, okay. is to show people what this program, this pilot project will do, and we're in the process of raising funds for it. Now you are a woman of many hats. Um, of all the things that you do, um, what do you feel is your main role? What is the um, what main? I'm doing? What I'm doing with the gang prevention? I really don't have many hats right now. If you look at everything <laughs> I've done in the past, it makes sense. I'm not rapping. I don't do comedy anymore. That was when okay. I was 20 years old. But the string that okay. ties things together with the music was I would want it to be a role model for young people, especially right, disenfranchised, right. at-risk youth, and did a very positive rap album to serve that purpose. Unfortunately, I saw that hip-hop industry was going towards gangster rap and, you know, all the sexual gangster stuff, and that just wasn't me. It wasn't why I was in music. And I made a, a conscious decision to say, am I going to try to fight this battle with positive rap, negative? And I said, you know, I can't risk wondering what the direction this music is going to go in. I have to get work done now. So I, I made the right decision because mm-hmm. hip-hop culture and all that did go in a real different direction than I was going in. So yes. to get to get a social work degree and to get in right in the trenches and working with these kids was the best thing I could have ever done because I'm fulfilling my dream. So I would say my number one thing is that, is working with these young people because so many people have turned their backs on them. Um, they're stigmatized. They don't get the news coverage that other people get. You could have a group of people that die in a certain area, um, where there are no people at, at risk, and that's bigger news, and it's, their deaths are more important and valued because of who they are as opposed to all the innocent kids who get shot yeah. by gang violence, um, even kids who innocently join a gang and don't know what they're doing because 
you know, the disparities they have, the lack of opportunities they have, the lack of parents. You know, when kids are born into this world, they don't choose their parents. And so it's just not, there's not enough discussion around the importance of trying to look at how to make it better for them. So right. that is my main call in life is doing that. That's what I've done. Out of everything I've done, music, comedy, I've been in that field for 14 years, longer than anything else I've ever done. It's always been my mainstay and what's been consistent. Even with my music, it was about helping kids. So yeah. I've been very consistent, and that hat has been pretty the dominant hat for me. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So. Definitely, because even in life, so Tess, you were in a school. You were in a. Um, well, I was talking about your choices. I was talking about these are, you know, we have choices, and you're 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 being tested every day with everything you're doing, how you treat people, how you deal with yourself, how you mm-hmm. educate yourself. I mean, we're being tested all the time, and yes, we um, are. You know, we're, we're tested with wealth, we're tested with poverty, and I just think most people in their lives have opportunities to go the right direction, but they they make decisions. And some mm-hmm. people's decisions might be harder to make than others because there's a lack of opportunity for them. When you have more opportunities that you can see, there are more good decisions that you can see. When you have a lack of those opportunities, so, so you know, it's about helping, helping people see, you know, what they're capable of, you know, in this darkness, you know. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Right, because there are so many misguided youths. So I've worked with youth also, and... There either is misguided youth or no guidance, and they don't know that there's a big world out here that they can, that they can you know make their own way. That there are a whole yeah. lot of different types of people, other than yeah. you know what they see on TV or hear on the radio. Yeah, and they and they and they know the world is out there. They don't think they can get to that point. They they see right. all these barriers and how they can't get to that big world. They're like, oh, that's not for us. You know, in their minds, they feel. We're in this box, and this is where we are, and this is what we know. And we don't want to go to any other boxes. We want to stay right here in this one. And um, it's it's trying to open up that mentality that they don't have to Mm -hmm. just accept that. And it's hard. It's hard, hard you know, psychologically. I mean, look at the average American can't drop 10 pounds. The average American can't go to the gym consistently. I mean, it's hard (laughs) to break habit. It's hard to break habit. So people say so easily, oh, they just aren't making, they're just, they just need to, it's their fault. And, you know, that same person could be 100 pounds overweight or have a, a drug problem or a cigarette problem or drink too much alcohol, and it's like saying to them, well, why don't you just stop drinking? Well, why don't you just stop the cigarettes? You know, so habits and ways of life and lifestyle are hard for everyone. And to yeah. point a finger and say, well, those black and Mexicans and those poor people, they're that way because of this. Well, you know, they're entrenched in a structure, mm-hmm. you know, and, you you know, it, it, it's, it's all these things are hard to break. But you have to, like I said, my goal is to focus attention on how to help them break that cycle. And there are ways to do that, you know, but if we don't focus on it, we don't make it important and special, it's not going to be funded. Policies right. aren't going to be directed towards it. Resources, you know, but you got, you got to put it on the map. You got to make it important. Yes, you know they. You know when AIDS blew up in the eighties, that was important to try to slow AIDS down. And now the population that's seeing 
fewer occurrences of AIDS are, is the homosexual population because the homosexual population said, we don't want to die from this. We're going to stay healthy. This is affecting us. And resources were put into those communities. And, and now they are not the group that has the most new cases of AIDS. The biggest group no, that has the most new cases are, are Latinos and African Americans in low-income areas. They, are the, they have the highest rates of new cases. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you, you don't put attention on something, you won't get the resources for it. You've got to make it important. Right, right. We yeah, we're right and and that's the thing with a lot of people in lower income. They don't always get the resources even if they want to stop doing something. You know what I mean? Right. As those in a different class and those with right. a different um and type of and and Exactly. And there are a lot of reasons why we don't get the resources. You know, yeah. there you know, well, number one is we don't we don't vote the people in the office on a, on a state level, you know, local level, they care about those resources, number one. Because I'm going to tell you, we got to get out of this idea that politics doesn't work. Um, there's a lot of bad thing about politics and politics. Right. However, when they see that we don't come to the polls to make a decision about who's writing laws, they will not write laws for us, period. we got to get out of the darkened thinking that our vote doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It's darkness. It's ignorance. And, we, you know, we have to look at who, you know, prosecutors um, and judges and, you know, district attorneys, these are all people who are voted in and, mm-hmm. and city council members. They're voted in. And all these people have, you know, personality types and opinions. Well, if you mm-hmm. don't even go vote and you're not voting in based mm-hmm. on an informed decision about who you're – things are happening because of rules and policies. People write up those rules and policies. And if you're not making decisions on who those people are, they're going to look at the data and say, oh, hmm, oh, the poor folks don't vote. Okay, well, we don't have to do any policies for them because they don't decide if we're going to get a job as the city council or an assembly person or a congressman. So we're going to do the policies and the put resources for the people who actually can vote us in. And, and that's, that's how it works. You know, so we can't be left out of that 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 um that process. You know, so we could we could you know talk all day about oh we don't get this and we don't get that and we don't get this. But what are you doing to get it? Right, I agree with you, and I also um I think I've seen um and um you were speaking on. I'm sorry, I can't speak today. I'm getting tongue tied. You were talking, speaking on something, and you were mentioning um, the great um, Bill Cosby and that he does make a lot of points that we have to take responsibility. You know, we can't always blame if you know if we know, if we know that we're gonna we have a harder role. You know, especially you know you and I as um, African American women and African Americans, period, and Latinos, that you know we have to take responsibility. And yeah. you know, open our own awareness. You know. Yeah. Well, no one's going to do right by us. No one's right. going to do the. Yeah. No one. No one's going to do the right thing. You know. No one's going to do the fair thing. You know. Policy and 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 rules and laws are made towards the rich. It you is. Know, no, no, they're not going to say, "Oh, the the schools in the hood." 
you know, are not as good as the schools on the hill, we, that's not right. We got to make all these schools equal. It's not. It's not set up like that. No, not they have at set all. Up a system, they set up a system where the money that's generated in that neighborhood reflects the school. That's the system. So that mm-hmm. system and law was written up mm-hmm. and voted on, right? So right. it's not a system and law that says all the schools should be equal and all the teachers in the school district should be fair. That's not the system. That's not what's on papers as the law. So mm-hmm. we have parents that are not on parenting boards, that are not involved in their school. They just send their kids to a school. They want the, the, the teachers to just parent the kids. They're not involved in any type of entity where they have a say. What do you, what do you expect? You know, we, we want things to be so fair, but that's just not the way. So when you don't understand how things are situated and structured and you don't put yourself in a position to say, look, I'm here, where can I be heard? Then you're you're always going to be complaining, and and right. you know, and it you know we we have to we have to start. We have to take action and find out what that action is to stop sitting at home and complaining about it. Yeah, because the, those systems, the powers to be, are not going to do it. and They've never done it. No, they. And my right. thing is, if we if we don't learn from the fact that we have a black president right now and how he got in the office. Mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton did not take that man seriously and does not think he will win. Mm-hmm. He used that Internet and that social media, and he had, you know, a theme going, and he knew how to convince not just blacks, whites, all different races to vote for him. That yeah, happened from voting. Everybody. So that whole concept of voting don't work it should be out the window. We have yeah. a black president, a black, a black and white president, Okay. That whole mm-hmm. thing about voting and all that, it should be out the window right now. People pay, voting, you know, it's hard to, people say, well, they cheat. Well, it's harder to cheat when you have a lot of people voting. Mm-hmm. It's easier to cheat when it's real close. Right. right. That's right. when cheating yes. is easy, when it's close. You can't cheat when the, when the voting is overwhelming. Right, right. You know, I mean, so we have to get out gross. of that mentality. And we have, you know, we have, you know, People, you know, running for things all the time right in our state. And the state laws is where it's at. The state laws is why the schools are not, you know, equal. The state laws is why there are no jobs and no development in the community. It's not the federal. It's the state laws. And we don't pay attention. Uh, we don't pay attention about who's running the, we're running the laws of our state. So mm-hmm. we, we just, you know, that's what Bill Cosby is talking about. Mm-hmm. It's, it's we we gotta stop talking about problems and talk only about solutions. We know the problems. The problems has existed have existed since before the civil rights movement. We know the problems. Let's solution talk now. Right. And if and you I, don't understand this stuff, you go get informed about it. But you you can't. Information is just not gonna walk up on your door and knock on your door. No. You gotta no, you gotta not. care. You gotta care and know how to care. You just can't complain. So, I mean, right. this is with everything, with your kids, them going astray, with your life, with everything. We got, you got to inform ourselves and act on solutions. If you're not acting on solutions, you're just a bunch of hot air. You're just talking stuff. That's true. That's true. Well, Miriam, I appreciate, I'm sorry this has been so short, but I appreciate um, all the knowledge that you have. I would like to know if you could come back. I know we got a little bit of late start. I'm sorry about that because you know it was Eastern, 
Um, you forgot it was Eastern time. I know you're three hours. It's always good. You know, I notice I've done a lot of these blog talk radio shows, and it's always good as a as a uh, and I take the blame, but it's always good to call your guests like an hour before the show. <laughs> just as a just just as a no, really, it is. It's just good to just. I did a blog talk show yesterday. Um, I promise. I'll I did one I did one yesterday, and he called me about 20 minutes before. Okay. Because especially when you're dealing with different time zones, it's always good just right, to make right. that habit. Because a lot of times people are sending these shows in, and they got 500 things. Like, I'm working on an eight-page paper right now, and I was so interested okay. in this paper, and I was thinking half five in my head. And so it's always good to give that little that little front-end that front end call. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. I know, I know. And I kept putting Eastern on my show, and I thought, let me stop. You know, I should have called you an hour. I promise I will next time. I even, even if it's like 30 minutes before, you can say 30 minutes, showtime, you know, that would give a person a chance that they're in the car, they totally forgot they could pull over and get situated. <laughs> yeah, and people, because people were still trying to call. We're in archive. Um, now, but people were still trying to call. So I really hope, yeah, I really would love for you to come back and talk about how, keep me posted. Hello? Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. It's something I'm being, I'm going to promote soon that has to do with me and my father that people can check out, but I'll, I can't say what it is right now. It's kind of top secret. But when okay. that, when that opportunity, when that ha- it's actually a new documentary about him, but I, that's all I can say. And it's oh, probably wow. the most interesting, new, original thing that I've ever seen on my father. Um, and a lot of documentaries, okay. it's kind of the same same information, but this is mm-hmm. really different. And when that, when they're ready to launch that, I'll let you know so you can um, be one of the first to know about it and tell your listeners. Thank you so much. Please yeah. do, May May. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll let well, you know. Thank you so much for being on here today. I appreciate that. I appreciate what you're trying to do and what you are doing. Excuse me. What you are doing. And I'm definitely one of your biggest supporters. Thank you, April. I appreciate you, too. Thank you so much. And keep up the good work. Thank you. All right, then. Have a good Sunday. Blessed Sunday. You, too. you and your family. All right. God bless everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay. And you have... Been listening to Mariam May May Ali, the daughter of the greatest Muhammad Ali. My name is April Deep Aries, and May May's website is www.dmtlfamily.org. And my name is April Deep Aries. I'm also um, on Facebook as April Deep Aries, and I hope to hear from you soon. Thank you, and see you next time.